0: Welcome, everybody, back to the show. You're on Fan the Flame podcast with Scott Tilly. I have a special guest on tonight, Rob Decker. This is a brother. He is a father. He is a husband. He's an entrepreneur. And more importantly and most importantly, he is a child of the king, the one true king, Jesus Christ. This is a man after God's own heart. And we're going to get into some stuff tonight um, about culture, about mental health, about um, spiritual warfare about battle about uh, what it means to be a man and and wherever else the lord wants to lead but as always i want to open up in prayer so that we invite the lord's presence in and that uh, he gets the glory so jesus we just approach your throne room of grace tonight boldly as your word tells us we can and, and i'm thankful i'm thankful for a brother who is using the giftings that you have given him through your delicate and intricate spirit to change the world even if it's one man one person at a time um, his mission is to uh, teach the goodness of your love to the world, and and we do that, God, by leaning in and, and, and hanging on to um, your cross, to what you accomplished on Calvary's hill that gave us this right standing with Father, and tonight, God, we want to glorify you. Tonight, we want to have laughs. We, we want to get deep into uh, just some understanding on the world and the climate that we're living in today, God, and where you're working and what you want to do in these times and these precedented times that we're in right now. And God, I don't want to spend a lot of time glorifying what the enemy's up to, Father. I want the world to know that regardless of the chaos that's around us, we have an eternal hope in Christ Jesus, that we are to walk forward and move forward in the faith that you've given us through his finished work at the cross. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to finish. And so I'm thankful for Rob, I'm thankful for his family, I'm thankful for his, his beautiful children, and I'm thankful for his entrepreneurial mind that he um, that he is using what you've given him to be able to um, touch the hearts and lives of others around him. Jesus, we glorify you, we thank you, and we need you. It is in your name, amen. Men. Amen. 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 All right. Brother, 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 brother. I I think I gotta say before we even get in, man. Like, this is a new relationship that just kind of kicked off. But (laughs) uh, I I talked to this brother on the phone earlier today, and before he got five words out, I just knew like this is my people right here. This is this is who I'm running this race of life with, whether he's a state away or not. And Um, out in the springs of the great state of Colorado the beautiful beautiful state of Colorado that's where we love to go get away when we can Um, in that area actually Manitou and um, I know that's just right up the road from you guys and it is and so uh, what what's up man talk to me a little bit about family about life what are you what are you up to right now what is the Lord putting on Rob um, Decker's radar Hoping
1: that my children don't wake up so you and I can complete the situation. We have a mission. I have a mission. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to keep my kids asleep right now, bro. Um, Man, you know, God's been so good. And, and uh, you know, I'm out here in Colorado Springs. I'm a health and fitness coach. I'm an addiction recovery coach. I work with at-risk youth. I currently work um in a a recovery home with a pilot program where you know we're connecting with men and women that um have gotten pretty far deep into their addictions i mean to the point that you know there's been some damage some serious damage i know that in my drug and alcohol addiction yes there was damage but not to the extent of you know some of the people that i work with Mm -hmm. um I'm also my son's baseball coach. Uh, one of them, I choose to take an assistant position in this situation because I'm so busy. Um, but my little six-year-old CJ plays at the minor levels with the eight to 10 year olds and he keeps up with them and awesome. Um, proud dad moment that was bragging up on my boy real quick. Yeah. Um, I'm also the wellness director for Colorado Springs little league. And, And ultimately what that entails is, um, you know if there's someone struggling with suicide mental health drug and alcohol addiction I'm a resource for that and then I can kind of guide people to where they need to go and so you know and then I have a nonprofit organization called Rise's Lions and um you know it's a hub of hope really it's again it's I want to be a resource for people I want people to see that you know um they can get out on the other side of whatever they're going through Whatever that may be, and within that that box of um, uh, rises lions, I have the Recovery Rebel softball team. And right now, I have two teams, uh, coed and men's. And today, I just got the phone with um, one of the local recovery homes. Um, they have a they have a plethora of homes, but they're interested in collaborating and putting the Recovery Rebels logo and you know, um on them and, and getting out onto those ball fields. Um just to take the shame and the stigma out of addiction and recovery, bro. Um yeah. I also have a meeting coming up. We're trying to get some recovery-based vet veteran recovery-based softball teams going too. So ultimately the goal there is to create a league not just a bunch of teams, but we want to change the culture of our community. We want to take the stigma out of a lot of that stuff. And for me, ultimately, I think what I'm trying to do or what I plan on doing or what God has me doing is bridging the gap between the institutionalized church and Christianity and mental health recovery addiction, right? I mean, sometimes the church doesn't represent Christ too well. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times those that struggle in mental health, addiction, recovery have been rejected and shamed by the church. So how do we become that bridge and let people know, hey, we're all a lot more alike than than what you think? Sure, sure. Yeah. I,
0: and I think that's that's absolutely crucial in in bridging that gap is understanding how how relative every one of us really are toward toward one another and whether whether you're an addict or whether you've never struggled with it there's something in your life that you struggle with that you can identify in uh in this this realm of of addiction and so how how what are some practical ways i know like getting into the community and building the softball programs which i think is amazing i love softball um when when you get older and you, and you can't play college football anymore or something we <laughs> used to do okay. you just kind of graduate or get grandfathered into softball and uh, I got friends that still play competitively they're traveling to do it and
1: yeah
0: um I think it's amazing how you've taken something so um normal and and been able to create a community of people who who are able to identify with one another and what their struggles are and um it just it seems like it's growing and that's amazing so but but on the church level like how how do we how do we do that man how how do we take um how do we take what seems to be pristine, right? Because, because I think a lot of times that's where the disconnect is, is that people look at the church and, you know, or, or at least it's the way it's portrayed, you know, that we're right. pristine, we have no issues, there's nothing going on here, you know, and that's just not the case. I mean, I just posted this today on on, uh, on social media about the church needs to be a hospital for the broken. And so when you, when you go to a hospital though for a broken bone or whatever, you you, you come in there fully expecting the doctor to, to know what he's doing to set your set that bone back or or perform surgery or whatever to get that thing healed up and and I think that we've misplaced that with people sometimes it's just right. it's it's a one fix all and it's not it's it's a it's a journey and so in in your own words man how how do you see that going and, and what direction is are you seeing that that helps and what hurts in those specific things
1: um well you know i i think that so I'm going to go based on my own personal experience and living in Colorado Springs. And it's a hub of ministries here. I mean, there's a, a, a church on every single corner. There's a nonprofit on every, like they're everywhere here. And unfortunately the church has become a big business. Church is business first, ministry second. They sell the ministry, but it's a business. I'm not saying all churches. There are some wonderful churches out there that freaking, they're on the front line doing their thing. Um, I am the church. You are the church you know, I want to go, I want to go New Testament, like Matthew 28, go out, go out and make disciples, right. Baptize them. Right. And, and so it's, um, taking the true church, which is the body of Christ and going out into our community, which I believe we were called to do and bringing the light of Christ into our community and, and he, he showed us how to do that. Mm -hmm. He, he led, I mean, it's all over the scriptures, right? He, he led by example with all that. So, you know, you're taking his spirit and you're taking it out into the community. And I think that's how you do it. You know, I know that, you know, one of my stories is I was groomed by a worship leader Mm -hmm. in a mega church in Northern California. Right. And, um, the church covered it up. They knew what was going on all, you know, the whole shebang, man. And um, how many people are impacted by those type of church experiences? Or they walked into those walls and they felt judged and shamed, and there was all these clicks in the church. Like, I think you know, sometimes church can be like high school, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's all clicked up doing their thing. And sure. um, so it's how do you bring the spirit back into that realm? And I'll be honest with you, man, you know, I've been to a few churches here and I think a lot of them are lacking the Holy Spirit. I think that a lot of them are focused on the wrong things. Uh, For example, I went to a church on Friday night. They freaking had fog, you know, the the ice or the fog going through the church. And, you know, they put on this big, uh, they're putting on kind of like a mini rock concert, you know, as part of their worship. And I mean, it was good music, but I just think that the motivation behind it is incorrect or, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't, it's more about, um, people feeling it really than getting into the spirit, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they followed with like, uh, uh, a, a mini sermon about how God loves the giver and then asks for offerings. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, to me personally, I think that's the wrong direction for the church. And I feel like that's the business side of the Mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to have a church that genuinely cares for the people and who's willing to talk about the hardships in life. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm not saying um, get away from the scriptures, never get away from the scriptures, never get away from the word of God, but meet your people somewhere, meet your people halfway. Let's talk about you know, drug and alcohol addiction and abuse and neglect and rejection. And, you know, let's talk about being molested or sexually assaulted or how the church hurts people or mm-hmm. has hurt people, you know, um, let's, let's meet our people where they're at. Cause people sitting in the congregation have been impacted by something in this life and they carry some form of trauma, right. And then they're, they're full of shame. So how do we penetrate the hearts of our individual uh, of, of the individuals? And, and I really think for me personally, man, cause I'm not going to go like bash, I'm not bashing the institutionalized church like that. Mm-hmm. I just see a lot of stuff I don't agree with. Sure. Um, cause for a new believer, that could be absolutely amazing and draw them close to Christ. And if that's how the Holy spirit works for them. And that's how the Holy spirit works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just take my personal life, my personal experiences, my time spent in the scriptures, my time spent with God, and I've decided, okay, this is what I think the church really looks like, and this is me going out onto the street or into a softball community and pouring the love of God into people. Yeah, and I think that's how it is, and yeah. so I've that's that's what I take with me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, unfortunately. I've been going to church for years. We all been going to church for years, but how many times do people go to church? It's a check they they check it off. Oh, I went Sunday, when Wednesday night, right? Check it off, check, check, check. Um, but they don't take that outside of those walls mm-hmm. and and still be Christ-like to people outside of those walls. It becomes right. like this gathering of people that just have something in common, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but we need to take the spirit of God with us out into those streets into our workplace into our home right that's what we need to be doing so and a lot of us just grew up in church and it's just a traditional it's you know it's it's a it's a habit almost like you know sure
0: sure something that we do to pass the time or that we're just supposed to do and yeah I, i like that understanding of the check the box mentality because i think that if you don't have a Uh, a deep relationship with holy spirit then that's that's what you'll have And, and 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 at the core of the being god desires so much deeper relational uh understanding of who he is and he wants to get intimate with us i know that's a word that's hard to use for guys sometimes but he he really desires intimacy with his bride with his with his uh sons and his daughters and so i look at church differently than i used to you know um the church is the capital c it is me it is you it's not the four walls of a building right. although those those weekly gatherings you know if done right during the week those are those are just um the blessings and sundays are just multiplied or saturdays or whenever you're going uh if you're doing what the word says in matthew 28 like you said to go and and be you know basically go and be the church and uh making disciples baptizing them in the name of the father the son the holy spirit like that's that's what we're called to do and this weekly gathering to me just gets that much sweeter if you're yeah. doing those things. And if it's if yeah. it's not, like you said, a lot of them are, uh, and this isn't a bash the church session, but it's a lot of, a lot of times it is just a business. And yeah. um, I, I remember when I first started pastoring, uh, the first church I ever pastored, uh, we sit in a meeting and I, and I said, what I'm not interested in is building a country club. And the moment that I feel that I'm gone yeah because i need to have i need to have a spot so that anybody in that door that walks through that door understands that they have a place here and that they have a place to grow no matter where they're at you know no matter (laughs) if they came in with baggage or if they came in fully freed up like that they have a spot and uh, i love the i love the illustration of being the church because when we're being the church every everything else in the world will um will will be reachable if if we're being the church and if if we're not the world really just doesn't want anything to do with with us so no i i think that's good man and and i totally get what you're saying and and i've had experiences too that that aren't great um but i've also had some really really good experiences and people that i know that i could call on if i ever needed anything yes there's some amazing yeah. churches around here bro i mean it's small town, but there is like the love poured out through these pastors. The, both churches that I've attended the last six months, like they genuinely have a heart for their community. And I Are you I, do you,
1: do you go to like do you, are they smaller churches?
0: So yeah. The one I attend is called 7 IM. It's in Mineola, Kansas. And it, it is um, it's probably on average 60 to 80, but we've, you know, there's been a hundred. Um and then before that we were going to Dodge city to a church called cross connection. And, uh, it's amazing church. It's probably 240 or so. Uh, you know, it's, it's building, but it's building because the pastor and the flock have a vision and it's to, yes. it's to seek and save the lost. And so God has just poured out blessings on them. And, and my parati, my pastor now in, in Mineola, he, his vision is to grow. His vision is to to make heaven more crowded and, and so that there's just really this anointing that God has put on these men to, to really go seek and save those whom are lost and bring them into the fold. And, you know, that's always been my, um, it's always been my mission as, you know, as, as a pastor, you know, we, we've pastored a couple different churches and it's always been my goal to, to bring the, the ones that the world discards I want in my congregation. And, and it's been, you know, I, I was raised in a, in, a, in a family full of addicts and alcoholics, so it, it's always been an understanding of mine that, you know, these people just maybe haven't had an encounter with the true king. They've had an right. encounter, but it was Jesus mis- misrepresented to them, and, and yes. which, which leads you to be pressed back against the wall and just with arms crossed when you go in on Sundays and you're, you're really waiting for a screw up rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to come convict and perform circumcision on your own heart. You know, cause I've been there. I just been like, okay, what's, what's going to happen. You know, I'm waiting for him to do this or do that, you know, and God really wanted to encounter me in that moment, but I was so caught up in my self affliction that I, I couldn't experience him. And so, um, I, I see that too. And, and I see, but I, but I also see, I also see those whom aren't in the spotlight, He's not, it's not the pastor. It's not an elder. It's some other uh, broken vessel that just comes and shows up and says, you know, I'm really glad you came and I'm really glad you're here. And and that's just small. I don't know if that happened. doesn't always happen in the big cities or whatever, but I just feel like I'm super blessed to be where I'm out in Southwest Kansas, where people genuinely care about each other. And I know there's some great people in the big city. My goodness, we we've experienced it in the Springs ourselves, but, but, you know,
1: I think, you know, I find that those smaller churches tend to be a little bit more intimate. You know, mm-hmm. I I think that some of these churches just it seems like their focus is spreading their kingdom more than the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the challenge is, you know, because you know, coming from North California, I came out of a mega church, right? And then, you know, I move out here, man, there's a church everywhere. And some of the biggest churches, it's like, you know, it's it's just it's challenging. But again, I mean, it's not a, a church bashing situation. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like there's certain concerns that i have and you know but even god can great example the other night man i go into that church that had like the the fog and all that kind of stuff well god still used that opportunity to speak into my heart you know even though i wasn't digging their processes <laughs> um <laughs> you know the lord spoke into my heart when i was there and I ran into someone that I used to uh, run that I knew from the gym when I first moved here. And uh, he just like, Hey, how have you been? And I just said, you know what the Lord is, is um, he's taking the church and he's taking recovery and mental health and he's using me to bridge that gap. Amen. And to be honest with you, Scott, like those weren't my words. Mm -hmm. that was like and i was struggling during the service i was struggling i'm like lord like i don't want to be that guy (laughs) you know i'm like (laughs) i'm 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 here to receive too or use me you know and he still and he still spoke to me so he can still break through a lot of that stuff and you know some of my closest brothers are from that very first church that i went to and that first church even though i don't think it was biblically sound and you know they had a different agenda I still developed a brotherhood with some of those guys Mm -hmm. and God still poured into me. But I think like anything else, I mean, you know, you start, you start leaning on reading the scriptures for yourself Mm -hmm. and start digging deeper into prayer. And you, it's not really so, so now for me it's not really being fed by the church as much as it is me showing up and fellowshipping. Mm -hmm. I got to get my feet on by myself now. Yeah you know, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. But I think, you know, going back to the recovery mental health stuff, it's like so many people are afraid to walk into that realm because of judgment. Mm Um,
0: and a lot of
1: those people have been, I I have a lot of conversations with these individuals about, you know, people in spiritual positions that took advantage of them to hurt them. And so, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people associate God with the church or God with the people that call themselves Christians, right? Mm-hmm. And um so how do we switch that up? How do we change that? You know, well let's go be Christ like in the community. And if someone's been hurt, they can see what Christ looks like, at least through my my actions and behavior. Mm-hmm. Um I think Christ was a little bit more chiseled than me. He was a carpenter man <laughs> and a big <laughs> I think his his abs were a little bit more sliced and diced than mine. But but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: know what you're saying, man. I I, I see that. I, I do. I see that. And I, man, I I think that's, that's why God has people like you that are in tune with his spirit and what he's up to going out and being that person for them. Because here's, here's what I learned early on in ministry. Cause I I'm that guy, I'm an evangelist at heart. Like I just, yeah, yeah I, get I, that, bro. I, I, I love people where they're at. I find the most random people. And I, I, I have no problem talking about Jesus to them. And, um, but I, I found this out early in my walk that, um, you know, it, it wasn't, I wasn't going to be well-received in a lot of places of, Mm -hmm. of, um, congregated gatherings. And I, I, and I was, I was okay with that because God kind of forewarned me of that. Like, look, you're going to say some things and you believe some things that a lot of people don't believe. And, I try, I really tried to normalize my faith to fit in for a while, and then it was just it was a place of like, gosh, I'm miserable because there's I just talked to my wife about this the other day. There's no more miserable person in the entire world than a believer who knows what they're supposed to be doing and they're not doing it. Right? Like, they're, they're just. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> and and so I I'm sitting in this place of but but at the same time, like you said, God uses those situations. I. I'm learning under some fathers of the faith that are in their 80s. I mean, I attended a Bible study when I first was just like baptized by the Spirit of God, and I was just ah hungry, you know. I, I sat under these men that were 70, 80, 90 years old in this uh, Methodist church basement, and I just soaked it in. I just sat yeah. there and I soaked and I saturated. And they would say things that just stuck to me, like stuck to my brain and stuck in my heart. Like I'll never forget as listening to these men. What one one of the things that Stan Sibel, an amazing man of God, he, he said, and he he has had so much wisdom, you know, he's a veteran and, um, and he, he sat in that basement and he said, we were talking about the old Testament, the new Testament. And I said, man, I just don't understand the correlation. You know, I just don't Mm. understand for myself what everything means. And he said, Scott, the old Testament is Jesus Christ concealed. The new Testament is Jesus Christ revealed. And Mm, it was
1: just like, like boom. It yeah. was, like, you know, it was like well, a dude, spirit Isaiah 53 in. all day, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Ugh, man. I mean, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot, you know, sure. there's a lot, you know, sure. but and, and Isaiah it all points 53. to him. I mean, yeah. it. Yeah. but,
0: but when you're, but when you're reading the Bible and you're not trying to read it as a history lesson and you're allowing the Holy spirit to speak those words off that page into your heart, it changes everything. And that's just where I finally got with it was like, Okay. I've committed to this process, no matter how long it takes. So it's just like the gym, right? I mean, you, you, yeah. you have a plan, you go in and you have to commit to the process or you're not going to get the results that you want. And so I, I had already committed like, okay, God, I'm sitting under these, you know, no offense, but all these old dudes, I, I'm learning, <laughs> like, I I I, I'm, I expect to be fed. And it's okay to have those prayers, because when you're seeking the kingdom of God, Everything that you desire will be added unto you. Like everything that you Absolutely. need is going to give you. And so it's okay to pray those big prayers like that. So I would sit under these men and I would just sit and like just soak in it and listen. And man, there's this guy, Lyle. He, he I swear, like I, I I preached at this church not too long ago. And I said, man, I, you got like Berean blood running through you, man. The, the way that you're able to dissect scripture and, and just study it for yourself. And like I, we need that. We need those relationships. Like you said earlier, those dudes that you met, that church, that brotherhood. We need those guys and gals yes. in our life that can pour into us so that we can be all that we we're supposed to be for Christ. And that's what yes. I love about the word, man. There's always more. There's, I mean, not, obviously not added on to scripture, but there's always a <laughs> revelation in God's word.
1: And I agree. And, and that's why like, I try, I try, I want to take God's word. I want to take his truths and I want to take it into mental health and recovery, right? you know, I think we were talking earlier today, you know, where we don't see eye to eye with certain recovery groups, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as a believer, I believe that who the sun sets free is free indeed. Yeah, right. Um, I'm a new creation in Christ, yes. you know, the old things pass away, you know, and, and not, you know, God is not a genie i mean he could he could remove something from you if he wants in a Mm moment flash. like he could do all those things but there's more to be gained to be gained through a process of stuff man and you know uh, as i expressed it to you earlier just like you know how do i take that heart and that mindset into you know the mental health recovery addiction realm and show people how real jesus is you know, uh, how he is the real healer and he will transform you. And you know what I'm saying? Because that was my experience. My experience was, you know, I attempted suicide. I survived it. And I went back to my old ways Mm -hmm. after like pretty much losing my life, almost losing my life. And over the next four years, I was just being a knucklehead, bro. Mm -hmm. And, um, my reality was I had to be broken again (laughs) for him to get to my heart, for me to realize I needed to repent and that I was making a personal choice. And that choice was, I'm not trusting in you and I'm not giving all of it to you. Mm -hmm. And in that moment is when my addiction (laughs) or my dependency on drugs and alcohol just disappeared. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Um, I will say that, you know, for some people the temptation's still there, right? But for me, you know, especially when it comes to alcohol, there's no no temptation whatsoever, you know. And so I think, you know, now bridging that gap of like, you know, real faith and bringing it into a place of you know, people that are heavily afflicted with trauma and then self-medicate on top of it, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And just trying to bring that into that realm. You know, and that's a different battle of itself. You want to talk about spiritual warfare. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: here's the reality uh pharmacy or pharmakeia, Yeah. Witchcraft and sorcery, right? Come on. Yeah. Um alcohol, which is alcohol and in, in yeah, and in, in uh Arabic means mm-hmm. flesh eating spirit. And they still call them spirits, right? You'll drive back. Wine to the and, wine and spirits. spirits, right? Yeah, yeah. And Dude. and and so don't tell me like this is not a spiritual battle that you're fighting. You know, I mean, if you look at the old medical logos, it's two snakes going up a rod, bro. You know, it's like you're fighting a spiritual battle. And mm-hmm. when we start consuming all those things, we're altering the spirit, right? Yes. Um, we're inviting something in in into us, bro. Yes. And so it's just like. Now, how do we get that message across? I remember the first time I went to a meeting, I was two two weeks sober and they wanted me to share. And um, I shared that exact, you know, farm and 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 alcohol, what they mean, like it's in your face, you know, Mm -hmm. and bro, everyone's jaw just dropped. Yeah. Like they were just so blown away by it. And it just got so quiet. I swear a mouse farted two buildings down <laughs> and I could hear it. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Like, they'd never been told that before. Yeah. So it's really, you know, I find that the, that it is a huge spiritual battle that we're mm-hmm. fighting. And I believe that, you know, in the book of revelations, it talks about the farm and Yeah. And, um, You know, and I think we're kind of in that place where we're so consumed by drugs and alcohol and anything, anything to replace the Holy Spirit or distract us from dealing with our own thoughts and emotions. Right. That's that's it. You just said it
0: to to uh, to replace the Holy Spirit. Like that's precisely, I think, what it looks like. And for you personally talking earlier about repentance, you know. Mm let's break that down that that repentance is the greek word metanoia it means to change the way that you think Mm -hmm. so mental health and spirituality are not separate they go hand in hand right jesus said this uh when basically a couple verses after he's praising peter for giving great revelation of who he was right like who who are they saying that I am? And I just kind of imagine them around this campfire eating fish or whatever. And, and Jesus is laid back with them. And he's like, hey boys, who's everybody? What what are they talking about? Who are they saying that I am? And then they pop off, you know. Some say you're John the Baptist, reincarnate. Some say you're some prophet of like, old, some uh, say yeah, Elijah, yeah. some say this <laughs> prophet. And Jesus gets, you know, intimate and he says, But who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. And Peter says, well, you're, you're the son of God. You're, you're the rock, you're Christ, you're the Messiah, you know, and, or you're Christ Messiah. Then he gives, you know, on this rock, I'll build my church, you know, and the gates of hell won't, won't stand. And he gives a whole spiel. But a little bit later, he looks square at Peter and says, away from me, Satan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like away from me, Satan, I got a job to do. And so he, he said, he's basically telling Peter, like, your, your thinking is twisted. Right. Yeah. Now like yeah. I have a job to do and you're going to get in the way by trying to stop me. And right. so think about what he's challenging Peter to do in that moment. He's challenging him to think differently about his situation about what's going on. And that to me mental health and spirituality are, are married. They're they're right. they're the way that you think about Christ. The way that you think about Christ will will ultimately frame your entire life.
1: You're you you know what? Oh. Don't and, even get me started. You got me started. <laughs> go. Wait, go. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, Christ on the cross, everything leading up to the cross, like forgiveness, the sacrifice, the love, like everything that that cross represents, uh, the struggle, right? You know, suffering, the Mm -hmm. suffering, the suffering servant, right? Suffering. And in the, in the midst of all of it, he hated no one, mad at no one, actually asked the father to forgive those. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about a shift in mindset for us. Like, so you're telling me they did all that to him and he's saying, forgive them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it is a mind, it, It's it's a mind shift. When I was laying underneath that house, And, you know, drunk. And I ran from the the police and crashed my girlfriend's car. And, you know, this is four years after my suicide attempt. Like, God already spared my life. He already bailed me out, bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was left to never walk again, be fully medicated, never work. And here I am, like, my life is good again, bro. And I'm laying under this house, still self medicating, still self medicating. And I got this. I was talking to the lord and i got this it was like a video that played before my eyes and he was showing me what the last four years looked like like basically look at the amount of mercy and grace you went from a guy that wasn't supposed to walk again to working out all the time you have a job you don't take pain medication you have a beautiful woman in your life like your life is pretty good right now and my heart just broke Mm -hmm. and i just remember you know, like, I'm so sorry, it's not sorry that I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. But sorry, that I let you down. And I realize how much you love me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I told him, I said, you know, if you bail me out of this situation, which you don't have to you're a righteous judge, like I deserve consequences. Mm -hmm. But if you bail me out of this situation, I will never, never drink again. Mm. And on top of that, um, if you want me to marry Alyssa, because she was my girlfriend at the time, if that's your will for my life, I will do it. And if you want me to move back to her hometown with her, done, Lord, done. Because in that moment, there was this shift in me. It was like, you're right, I'm wrong. <laughs> I throw in the towel. You win.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Like yeah. and and I realized how much he loved me in that moment. Well, long story short, he 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 bailed me out of the situation. I got a slap on the wrist. We ended up moving to Southern California and I ended up getting a better job than the one that I had before. Wow. Come on. Right. Just for being obedient, just yeah. for walking. But I truly I believe it was that repentance. It was that change of heart. It was like I never believed I had a disease. Yeah, I didn't believe I was an addict in that sense. Right, I knew consciously what I was doing. Every time I put the alcohol to my mouth, I knew I was defying God. Mm-hmm. I knew I was doing the wrong thing, but I chose to rebel on that anyway. Yeah. Right, I knew what I was doing was wrong, and I was just tired of doing wrong. I was yeah. tired of, I was tired of abusing his his grace. That's it. And he bestowed mercy on my life. Right. And that's where the ultimate shift, just like, I mean, there was some pretty, there's been some pretty major shifts in my life, but that was one of them um, because that was a battle for me, self-medicating.
0: Yeah. I, I think that at large, that's, that's what we do as people, as human beings. We, we find ways to cope instead of finding the way to heal and to the mm-hmm. healer and yeah. co- coping is not. I, I can't find coping in the Bible anywhere. That's that's a word that I've, I've, <laughs> right? I've never enjoyed hearing that word coping. Right. We're, just, we're yeah. supposed to cope with it. I'm like, no. I I think the very chapter you're speaking of in Isaiah talks about why his wounds we are healed. I take that literal. Like when I take communion or whatever, I I, I believe that the blood of Christ heals me, restores me, puts me yes. in the right standing with the Father, and I can't have an excuse. And this is probably going to offend a few people, but we talked about this earlier. So I'm going to bring it up. And I know that you're online with this. And if I need to be convicted, Lord, you know, let do me do it. it but, <laughs> like, but, but my <laughs> flat earth fall on my head
1: real quick. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom.
0: Uh, Africa
1: to the dome. Yeah, right.
0: Just, yeah. Uh, Africa to the dome. But <laughs> this, this talk of disease, man, mm. like I, to me, Get that's, it it's kind of a cop out because now i don't have to deal with like here's here's okay and this is my thought process behind this and again correct me if i'm wrong but when you use the term disease i'm thinking like a bloodborne pathogen something like okay or e- even not like cancer like go go to somebody who has cancer who is terminally ill from cancer and tell them you have a disease with cocaine but, or or right. methamphetamine or alcohol or whatever like
1: take, take that before a judge yeah, right. 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 Yeah.
0: Uh, sorry. Sorry about the DUI judge. I have a disease. It's called alcoholism. Look,
1: Yeah. It, this
0: is this is what happens when we have an unrepentant heart toward our actions and towards our um, our own faults in life. And, and so we'll, we'll try to justify things. And again, I have a lot of people that are in recovery and I have a lot of people that I genuinely love and I have a lot of love for them. But, you know, I have to be real with them, too. Like, there's not a single there's not a single sickness that Jesus cannot heal. I'm not saying right. you know whatever wherever your beliefs are on that but when i when I justify my sin by slapping a name on it then i'm i'm not I'm not allowing myself to find a way out of it and right and we know the way we know the way the truth of life is always jesus but i I struggle with
1: that bro I genuinely well, struggle it's mental that. slavery it's it's bondage like it's a cop out too, right? Like, oh, well, I'm just going to go back to my old ways because I have a disease. Or, you know, I have to live this life a certain way because I have a disease. Like, here's the deal. And I'll use myself as an example. I was faced with trauma. That trauma eventually led to me meeting alcohol and drugs. I liked the escape. That escape become, became a pattern and a bad habit. And then somewhere in my mind, I told myself I needed to have it. I Mm. had to have it, right? Mm. I don't see the disease in there. I saw a conscious decision to use all the time, Mm. like, because I didn't want to cope. I didn't know how to cope, right? Like, that was my reality. It's alcohol is not a gateway drug to drugs and weed's not a gateway. No, no, no. For me, it was unresolved trauma was the gateway to self-medicating. Yeah. And that's what it was for me. Yeah. And so for me, 10 years sober to sit there and say, yo, I have a disease or once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Like, you got to kind of miss me with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, well, well, then why don't you have an occasional beer, Rob? Mm -hmm. Well, because it serves no purpose at this point in my life. Right. Like, I don't even want my mind slightly altered by that stuff. I had a bad relationship with that stuff it never served any other purpose, Mm -hmm. but to disconnect from reality. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So what's the point of running back to it? And so, you know, I like you, I, I completely disagree. I I disagree with that doctrine. I, I think that it's a way to get people to keep coming back and, and without really dealing with their problems, Mm -hmm. without really getting to the root of anything And Christ helped me with that. Right. God helped me get to the root of my problems. And, and, you know, to, to sit there, there's a big stigma in, in, in the mental health recovery realm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I believe that calling it a disease is part of that stigma. Mm. Well, we need to get rid of the stigma. We'll stop calling it a disease. Right. 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 Well, it's a stigma. We'll stop saying once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or
1: it runs in your family. That's the stigma. Right. That's Oh, that guy has no chance. That's the stigma. Right. Right. And you're
0: you're speaking a word curse over that person when you say that, by the way.
1: Right. Well, (laughs) and, and, and check this out. Like as a parent, as a parent, if my son became an alcoholic, which God forbid. Right. And for me to be like, oh, he has a disease. It runs in our family. That's a cop out on the possibilities that maybe I didn't treat my son the way that I should have treated mm-hmm. him and he started to self medicate. Yeah. Me, you know, so so as a parent that's a cop out for me all they have a disease. Like, oh, poor that Right. You know, so that's just the camp that I come from. Um
0: well, I just don't buy into that. If you're going to call it a disease, let's let's name the disease sin.
1: That's the that's the disease.
0: L- the sickness, transgressions, transgressions, transgressions. sickness, iniquity. sin, iniquity. Listen, iniquity in that. Iniquity bang that's like and
1: 100 I, proof right
0: iniquity yeah, <laughs> i remember in sixth grade being told from my best friend maybe i was yeah fifth, fifth sixth grade somewhere around there um we were talking about this very thing because our families you know had this struggle and i didn't know at this time but you know a lot about it i just knew that things weren't lining up you know the way yeah. they should and and his mom was going through some of the same stuff and he said well Once an addict, always an addict, Scott. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And I I remember being in fifth grade, sixth grade and thinking to myself, that that doesn't ring with me. It just doesn't. Like, I'm I'm not a guy that you're going to be, you can't keep me in one box. My entire life, you've never been able to pin me to one place. Like, I don't know if I have a single lane. Like, I'm just, I'm just the guy that's running beside everybody, cheering them on. Like, but I but I, I remember thinking like, I'm never going to be, I never want to be labeled anything. I never want right. to be one specific thing. You know, I want to, I want to have the freedom to be able to be where, who I need to be, where I need to be, you know, all things to all men, as Paul says, you know, which back then obviously I had no clue what that man, but like, <laughs> being all things to all people, like, yeah. so I can help all people. And, yeah. and if I'm identifying myself with something that is iniquity or or sin or, or I'm constantly saying that I am this I'm yeah. I have a disease I, I am sinful I am lustful I am if I'm constantly telling myself that over and over and over I'm, I'm a bad person it,
1: I'm stupid I'm like, going to
0: believe it and then I'm going to do it yeah. your thoughts become yeah. actions and that's why right. that's why it's so important to change the way that we think it's why it's so important to when we wake up in the morning yeah that was me yesterday even if I used 8 hours ago yeah, that was me yesterday. But today I'm putting the crown of righteousness on my head by the blood of Jesus. I'm, I'm putting the shield of faith in front of me. I'm, I'm walking with the sword of the spirit. I'm, I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. I'm putting on the shoes that, that are, that are fitted with the gospel of peace, you know? And so I, this creation that you're talking about, but it only comes from a place of true repentance. It only comes yeah. from a place of true, dang, I'm wrong, God. And you're right. I mean, you said it, that's repentance in a nutshell. You said, I'm wrong and you're right. And
1: that's where it all starts. Well, you know, it's interesting that you brought up that story. So before I even knew the Lord um, I'd gotten in some trouble in my early twenties and I was, I had to go live in a sober living environment. And and part of the deal was go to, go to meetings. Right. And I'm, and I'm listening to these guys and, and um, I'm like, why, why are you labeling yourself that? Like it just, even though I didn't even have the Lord at the time, I'm like, why are you lab- labeling yourself? And then I remember someone telling a story and he was like 30 years sober. He's telling a story, but he's like all upset about the guy that cut him off at work. And we're going to keep this super clean. So the sure. stuff that came out of his mouth is foul. But, you know, he was talking about his mom and, and you know, his boss and who cut co- and I looked at the dude, I'm like, dude, alcohol ain't your problem, bro. You know, because <laughs> he's be like, well, if I didn't, if I didn't come here today, I'd be at the bar like, bro, that ain't your problem, right? Mm-hmm. Your problem is you got some deeper issues in life that you've got to resolve. Now, as a Christian, I understand what those issues are, sure. right? But at the time, that still didn't make sense to me. Sure. And, and you want to talk about speaking into people's lives. We have to be careful of what we speak into our lives and what we speak into other people's lives. When I was young, I was told that I'd be dead or in prison by the time I was 30. Wow. I attempted suicide, jumped headfirst out of a third-story loft window when I was 29 years and eight days old. Mm -hmm. I had cops at a door, and I had a window that I could jump out of. I'd be dead or in prison Mm -hmm. by the time I was 30. And I chose death, bro. Mm -hmm. I chose death to be that self-prophesying like someone spoke that as parents we have to be very mindful of what we speak into people just like well alcoholism runs in your family well I be careful with that you know what i'm saying be Mm -hmm. really careful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like this type of behavior it's a behavior this type of behavior runs in your family oh you're just like your dad be careful (laughs) how you approach that like oh man you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, and and then it's just like you're just like your dad. You just and then you know what? Guess who I became like? Yeah. My dad. Yeah. Like, you know, and so you know, having having kids, you know, you're really mindful of what you speak into them. And like I'm guilty of the the opposite. Bro, you're the man. Dude, you're <laughs> awesome. Dude, you're like, dude, you're sick, bro. Like, you know. <laughs> okay now he's got a little bit of swag now my yeah. boy's got a little bit of swag now he thinks <laughs> like but you know what like you know uh i'd rather be speaking that into him and instead of saying like you know breaking him you're down. dumb. why don't yeah. you get it and yeah you know what i'm saying and so i think you know our, our the tongue has power mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the tongue has a lot of power and we have Life to be careful what we and and that's why you know i really disagree with that institution of recovery and not only that they they believe that their way is pretty much the only way to go about things mm-hmm. and uh you know unfortunately their fearless leader had quite a history himself and wasn't a very good guy himself but <laughs> you know if if you unpack that in front of them they they're not a big fan of that so
0: for sure well the the truth yeah. is sometimes i mean always if, if you're not living on the side of truth it's always going to be offensive yeah. And uh, well, I, I offend
1: a lot of people, Scott. So,
0: hey, get, get, <laughs> w- welcome aboard, welcome aboard, choo choo. Uh, yeah. yeah, so you're I, I, being
1: a I, now, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, man. but you know what? At the end of the day, like you said, you know, I work with a lot of people that are in these type of programs and say these things about themselves and believe these things about themselves, and I'm willing to meet them there and love on them, man, and, and pour into them. It's just a part of me, a big part of me doesn't want them to live there because there's no freedom in that. There's yeah. no freedom. Like, yeah. I, you know, um, I have freedom. I don't have any of those titles. Right. And, um, you know, I can move through life and sleep well at night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. That's it. I think that's it. Like,
0: that's that's where the peace resides. Because when, you, when you're living in the will of the Father, peace is your best friend. Like, it, it yeah. just, it, peace follows you. Peace is with you. And doesn't matter what kind of circumstance comes about, like you, you still carry that piece that surpasses all understanding, as the word says, right. Like no matter what happens. And, and and I think these conversations are needed. And I, I mean, I, I really, truly believe that there's a lot of doctrines out there that just don't line up with the word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then we really need to probably discard it and just start there. I think the best yeah. case for recovery, the best case for transition from darkness to light is knowing who you are in the Lord because identity, identity is everything. It's identity. everything. It's everything. Identity like, is everything. If I identify like I've been crucified with Christ, so all the all the dirt that I did, all the stuff that I had, all the baggage that I had is gone. And I've had people I've had people bring this to me all the time. I just don't know how you move, how you move, man. Like, I know your past. I know what you, you know, I'm like, like, that "That guy's dead. I don't even know who he is. (laughs) I I have no clue who that man is anymore. Like, I don't put him back on. I don't put that old dead coat back on that stinks of dead animal hide. Like, I don't I don't wear him anymore. Who I do wear every single day of my life is I am a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. I have victory in Christ Jesus. I'm a son of the king. I walk with authority. Snakes and scorpions don't have any power over me. These are just a few. And if I re- keep reading in the gospel, guess what? There's going to be a multitude of more things that I can say about yeah. myself that overpower anything that anyone has to say against me. And it's not a chip on my shoulder. I'm not some cocky Christian. That's just believing what the word says. And it's not because of anything that I've done perf- purposely or, or perfectly in my own right it's because the perfect unblemished lamb went before me and i believe the story bro i believe right, 100%. The story is alive and 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 for me that's where i place my identity i mean go all the way back to the garden of eden in chapter three where the fall came right the enemy came to still identity he came to still yeah. who they were god really didn't say you would die that's exactly what he said their identity was based in nothing at that point than what god had told them And this slithery snake comes in and he tries to steal what God has already instituted in them. So Jesus came to restore, by the way, he came to bring back to life what was, you know, what was dead. And and I think that so many people can live in, in a concept where they're so guilt ridden by their sin that they cannot see that freedom is for them. They can see it for everybody else. And that's mainly what you'll get in addicts because they're willing to help somebody else way before they're willing to get sober themselves. Saw, well, you know,
1: uh, that's, that's great. Well, so with the attic mindset, bro, a lot of times we become rescuers. Mm-hmm. We are the rescuer. And a lot of it comes from a place of wanting to be rescued ourselves mm-hmm. and, and really, so then it becomes out of really a place of selfishness. Right. Um, you know, and, and I learned that about myself. I, I learned that I became this rescuer because it, It gave me something, Mm -hmm. right? But it wasn't until I realized that Jesus is the rescuer, right? That I didn't have to be that, that um, not everyone (laughs) even deserves that attention because they're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, you're just helping to help to feed yourself. Yeah. And, and I had to come to a place in myself. It was like, dude, bro, you're, you're a rescuer because you wanted to be rescued. Mm. But then when I got full, when I identity, right. When I knew who I was, I could still go out into this world and help people, but it wasn't at the sacrifice of myself. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Um, Your own serenity, your own, your own. Yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. That's so
0: good, man. Like it's so, and I've been there with ministry. I've been there with ministry, man, because I I know exactly what you're talking about. But when you can minister, when you can minister from a place of peace, everything is so much easier. Like Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And so when you can minister from a place of wholeness and wellness, you're, the love of God, I think, has more room to pour out of you, whether it's a room full of people or one. Right. He, the Holy Spirit has way much more room to move in and out of you when you're fully surrendered. And fully surrendered is is that concept of mind where, God, I can't breathe without you. My heart does not beat without you. My arm doesn't move without you. My mouth doesn't speak without you. The breath in my nostrils like are this is the same breath that you breathed into adam this this is the kind of concept with the lord that we have to understand to be able to minister from a place of perfect peace and right jesus talks about this in in, in john 14 27 right i mean he he says that my perfect peace i give to you not as the world gives to you do i give to you right. don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid so we have this perfect this access to this perfect peace that shows up in the most inopportune places at times
1: Yeah, because I agree.
0: we're fully surrendered to what God wants to do in the moment. And I, and I believe that we we have to just realize that for ourselves and, and really realize that if, if I don't think that God's grace is big enough to cover my sin, that's pretty vain of me. To, yeah, believe, to believe that God's grace isn't big enough for my screw-ups, but it's big enough for everybody else's, that's pretty vain. Right
1: Well, I think too, you know, you know, even going back into the place of like having that rescuer type complex, it's like, I was using those opportunities to feed me. Like I was trying to get life from that Mm -hmm. until I found out who my real life was. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. And then I think it's just delivered different. You know, I think that, you know, now you're coming from that peaceful place and having a sound heart and and you're 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 truly full life to give to other people it's one thing to help people but it's another to display christ's love to others you know versus doing it for selfish ambitions yes you know and it's crazy because sometimes it doesn't look selfish but deep down inside in its core it truly is right it is
0: it is it is and and i think that we've all experienced that and it's it's unfulfilling in of itself for us when we do when we are moved and motivated in, in that in that
1: place. Right. And well because it never gets full. It's like sin, right? It's just like mm-hmm. you can never get enough of it, right? right. It just never it's not it's never going to fill you up. It's you're going to keep chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing. Yeah. W- and yeah. yeah. Dude,
0: I I remember um so I was pastoring probably what is this is 23 probably ago at a church um in my hometown and uh there's 800 people 700 people in my hometown okay and we were we were running 100 people every sunday maybe 110 you know on a good day but 80 to 100 i mean it was pretty consistent in a town of 700 people i mean that's over 10%, 10% of, the of the
1: population bro. a little <laughs> bit more yeah
0: and so we we felt blessed right but i remember the lord strategically asking me a question like if all this is gone tomorrow am I still going to be enough and mm-hmm. I was like well yeah of course you know but when you're in the moment when you're when you're experiencing such spiritual highs it's easy to say that you know and then yeah. my congregation got sifted within the next six to eight months and like it was dwindled you know it dwindled down and I I thought man lord what what are you doing we were you know we were bonkers uh, you know eight months ago like <laughs> what do what, what, you know what's going on you know and and he just reminded me of that question lovingly like did is it am i enough if, if you don't have a yeah. platform to preach anymore is it going to be enough because i was in that place i was becoming in that place of being the rescuer when there were so yeah. many things i was internally dealing with on my own so many trauma wounds wide open that i hadn't dealt yeah. with and i didn't know yeah. i just thought you know once i become a minister of the word and I start preaching, everything will be gone and it'll be good and and, my, and everything will be restored. And I started looking at people that were dealing with mental issues and identifying like, oh, my goodness, that's me. And nobody yeah. probably knew this that was sitting under me, the flock, like nobody knew the things that I was dealing with and the things that I was going home with in and, and the late nights that I was having and wrestling with the Lord. And and I remember like just him being ever so present in a time of trouble, like ever so loving, like a father and really ministering to my heart in a way that I could only, like, I could only obtain, like pertain to his goodness. Like, and it, and it brought so much clarity on my life. Like, and here I am eight years later and I'm not pastoring a church right now. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not pastoring anywhere i i'm, well, I'm kind
1: of you are well right. i i this am is, what do you what is this this is pastoring so it is you're right you're so, right i guess so, i guess the so normal podcast is you pastoring yeah right? thank okay. you this... thank you
0: and 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 i do <laughs> i do believe that i still have a flock of people that i i'm deciding yeah i really I, yeah. I do and so that's 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 amazing in of itself but i i think that like on on the on the mental health side of that on the mental health side of things like I could have really been devastated at this point in my life because I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have whatever that I had eight years ago, but I'm really in a place where God is rebuilding me. He's rebuilding a purpose within me that's far greater than anything I could ever came up with on my own. And a lot of times in ministry, that's what we do. We build our ministry based on our own personalities and our own preferences instead of allowing, um, and I'm not saying I did this in every facet, I'm I'm sure there probably was some, but... We build this ministry based on our own preferences and our own likes, and the people that have other gifts that are really want to and and God wants to contribute to this congregation. We kind of, you know, yeah, I'll get to you if the timing's right, type of deal. And and with that, like mental health in of itself, with everybody at that point, like it can be detrimental. Like when you're, when you're not where you feel like you're supposed to be, and I I don't know like where where I was leading with that, but I, I just felt like we we have to understand the concept of of god's grace and how it applies to all these areas of our life not just one like salvation in of itself like it's it's not a you know i realize it's a moment in time where you've received and you believe but it comes from this word sozo which means continually be continually to be saved mm-hmm. healed delivered continually to be saved so every time we find ourselves in a situation where we're mentally, whatever unstable or whatever word we want to use, like we have to understand we have this refuge in Christ Jesus. I mean, go back and read some of the old prophets and some of the old, um, men, men and women of the Bible, like David pretended to be insane. You know, Elijah, like he was so depressed. He wanted to die, you yeah. know, like he was depressed. He was suicidal. Let's just yeah, say for what it himself.
1: is. Yeah, And yeah. so,
0: we we're not alone. I guess at the end of the day, and, and if and if it's been misrepresented to you on how we supposed to we're supposed to collectively deal with these things as the body of Christ, we apologize for that, and we'll we'll try to do better. I think yeah. at at the end of it is is well,
1: and I think you know too, you know we've had ministry set before us too, and so we have an idea of what that's supposed to look like. And the one thing that I've learned in in this journey with the Lord is. You know, it doesn't always work the way that our brain has formulated it. <laughs> you know what I'm Amen. saying? Our successes aren't based on how many people we're really p- helping. You know, because the reality is, you could help one person that can help a gazillion people. You know, yeah. you could have been that one, you know, um, individual that came into their life. And and a lot of times, I think it's when we start putting ourselves into it, when we start putting our own expectations on it, like our our own personal desires that go outside of god's will you know and um i think that's what you know trying to be less of ourselves Mm -hmm. you know that's what i believe that he's trying to do is i need you to be less of you (laughs) you know and we get in our way more than anybody right what is it he he
0: must increase i must decrease
1: must decrease right and and here's the thing: when things are going well, especially for me in ministry or you know finance, whatever it is, like all of a sudden, like there's been times where I really start make, making it about my abilities and less about his mm. goodness and his gifts, yes. right? And then it's yes. just like, oh, he's like, okay, I'm gonna check you now. <laughs> <Like it's, laughs> Time for a humble lesson. Me. You're gonna be okay, <laughs> but you're about to get checked. It's gonna be uncomfortable. It's like spiritual burpees yes. with a way vest, right? Yes. Like, yes. yes, yeah. Now you gotta wear this because you want to act up. Go. Yes. <laughs> Amen.
0: Amen, brother. Well, listen, bro. I it's it's getting late here in Kansas, <laughs> and I got a 16 year old. I got to go give a hug and a kiss to before he, before he barrels Very off good. to sleep for his track meet tomorrow. But, bro, I am I'm elated for your ministry and what you're doing, man. Um, I, I feel like. I've known you. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I've already known you for years, man. So I can't wait to meet you in person. Um, absolutely. Lord, bro. I hope Lord you come out here up. to the
1: Springs and hang out, man. And um, man, it's just, God has so much good stuff in store, brother. Like yes. I'm excited. Yes. Yes, man. I would, I would love for you to pray us out tonight, man. If if you, Oh would. man, absolutely. Father God, just thank you. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you for being in the midst of this conversation. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercy and grace that you constantly bestow on us, Mm -hmm. Lord God. Thank you for putting amazing visions and dreams in our heart, Lord, that glorify you. Thank you for saving us from the gutter. Thank you for pulling us out of hell. Thank you for just always being there with us, Lord, Father God. Um, May we continue to just, get to know you more, become more intimate with you, and continue to grow with you. Mm. We want to be like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to have that heart. That's what we want. We want to go out into the world against religion, against the the politics of this world, and we just want to give you to them. We want to see conversion, transformation. We want to see freedom. And these are all attributes that come from you. Yes. You deliver us. You are the great deliverer. Um, that's part of my story. You know, and I'm so grateful for that. I thank you for connecting me with Scott. You are just so divine in all that you do. I thank you, Lord. Continue to take care of Scott and his family. Lord, Father God, bless his ministry. His ministry doesn't necessarily mean... Uh, Four walls and a a roof, but his pastoring through podcast, um, he has an opportunity to spread your love to a grander audience all over the world. The four corners of the earth because of technology. Lord, may you always get all the honor and all the glory and all that we do in our ministries for you. In Jesus name.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank
1: you bro. I appreciate Absolutely. you man. Appreciate you too brother. Yeah, we'll we'll do it again. Let's do it again. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you all be blessed tonight. Thanks for tuning into the channel. This is Rob Decker. Check out his stuff on Facebook. Uh what, what other platforms are you on, bro? Um no.
1: so riseslions.org. This okay. is my website. Rob Decker on Facebook, Decker underscore Rob is Instagram, and you can just kind of find me there. And if you need to reach out, if you're struggling with suicide, mental health, drug and alcohol addiction, um, we know that a lot of times it's hard for you to go to the church or go to family, people that you know, you don't know me, you don't. you should know me, but you don't know me. And so if you just need uh, to, to, to connect with somebody that, that just wants to hear you out and and guide you through whatever it is, I'm here for you. So please feel free to reach out
0: in Jesus' name. Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, brother. Thank you.
0: Love to you and yours, man. You too, brother. (laughs)